This is The Art of Being You, and I'm Rachel Wortman. This podcast brings you inspiration, insights, and practical tools to help you become more like Jesus. Get ready to embrace who God has created you to be. I've got a great episode in store for you today, so without further ado, here is The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I'm so glad you guys are here. And today we're talking about something I'm actually really fired up about right now in my personal life. And that's kind of why we're going for it. Um, And so if you listened to last week's episode, we talked about five fears that every believer must overcome. And the final fear, the number one fear was the fear of influence. And so today I want to dive into what it looks like to become influential, to embrace your influentiality. I don't know if that's even uh, a word, but to make your mark on people and on the world. And if you've listened, you know, for any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about this plaguing issue I've always had since I was a teenager, which is this scripture in, in Romans, this very obscure scripture in Romans that talks about how God has the ability to create a cup for ordinary use and a big vase type thing, you know, for spectacular times. I'm totally paraphrasing it and botching it. But um, in my life, I have had this plaguing, nagging frustration that what if I was this cup for ordinary use? Like, what if God didn't really want to use me to be an influencer in the world? I don't mean a social media influencer, but like, you know, to make my mark on the world. What if God didn't want that, but I want that so badly for myself? And what am I going to do if God doesn't want that for me? And the ups and downs of the last 25 years or less, maybe 20 years, has brought me, no, it's been 25 you guys that's sobering it's brought me to this place I think the ordinary cups don't wonder if there's more to life (laughs) I think the ordinary cups are valuable I think they are essential in this world but I don't think they're going to bed at night wondering if there's more out there for them and so if you're like me and you really want to make your mark on the world somehow then this episode is for you. We're going to be talking about how to be influential and why, more importantly, why you need to want to be influential. You can't see me, but my hands are like waving all over the place because I am so excited to talk to you guys about this. Let me just give you a couple categories right off the bat about the types of influence that are actually really good. What are the areas of influence that you can have that are really good for you to step into? Well, number one, first and foremost, your family. Your family is one of your greatest places of influence. Now, if you're not married, if you don't have kids yet, you might be saying, well, how can that be? You know, it's a little bit less of an influence when you're trying to impact your parents or your siblings, but you still can make a huge mark if you want to. Not everybody wants to. For me, when I was growing up, my family was having a lot of struggles. And when I met Jesus, I was determined for everybody in my family, my nuclear immediate family, to know Jesus. And you know what? It took me 15 years of contending and praying and putting up with some not so nice remarks and inviting to church and fasting for my dad to give his life to Jesus. 
And when he did, it created a snowball effect. And eventually not, you know, for all kinds of reasons, everybody in my family now is walking with the Lord and serving Jesus. I didn't have kids yet. I wasn't even married yet when this was in my mind, but I knew that the blood between us meant something. Now, you know, I have a lot of friends who are, um, their family is, you know, united by adoption, including my husband, like he was adopted. So I don't, when I say blood between us, I don't always mean just biologically, but there is something really powerful about, you know, understanding that you have an influence in your family. Second area you can influence is your friends, you guys. You can make an impact in your friend groups. Now, for me, I always encourage people to have somebody that they're investing in, even if it's just a casual coffee once a month or, you know, somebody at church that you make it a point to see them when you're at service and actually engage with them and encourage them. Have somebody in your life that you are speaking into their life. I'm not saying you have to give them the wealth of wisdom of the world, but that you're inputting something positive into them. But also you guys, you're like strangers around you, you can influence business, your business, your job, your boss, or the, you know, if you're a business leader, your employees, there's so many ways that we can influence people in the earth. And I am convinced more than ever that we are at a tipping point in America. And if you listen to the news, which I don't, I catch up on headlines from time to time, but I, I just, it's nauseating to me. I cannot take it. I'm like, all of you are just ugh, so gross to me all the news. But um so I don't listen to a lot of news, but I don't ever miss big headlines. And I know America is in a crux right now. And I know historically that societies around the 250 year mark often begin to deteriorate. And you know, if you look historically through the Romans, the Greeks, lots of other societies as well, you'll see that around the age that America is, uh, they begin to implode and not always from outside influences, a lot of times just from what's happening within. But you know what the difference is? In America, we have hundreds of thousands of men and women who believe God, who trust the Lord, who will not let our society deteriorate without a fight, right? Now, I'm not saying the fight's all political. Do you know what the biggest way we fight is? By loving people and having loving conversations to help them understand the kingdom of God. It's important that we take a place of influence. Again, I don't want to be advocating that every place of influence means lots of people following you or some fancy title or some, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that you are seeing yourself as someone who can positively impact someone else. We have to see ourselves as part of the solution, even though we're not the answer. Jesus is the answer, right? Jesus holds the answer. And so sometimes when we're like, oh, I see myself as the answer to the world's problems, we're kind of teetering on, you know, maybe the beginning stage of some of that corruption we talked about last week, maybe into arrogance, something like that. But when we see ourselves as part of the solution, we are 1000% seeing ourselves accurately. If there are problems going on in the world around you, and I mean the immediate world, your school system, your business, your family, See yourself as part of the solution. If nobody else wants to go get help, you go get help and then you become their helper. We are not a bunch of, you know, Jack and Rose roses flying, uh, floating on a, a door that could absolutely hold Jack too, but we just let him die because it might potentially rock us as well. No, if you've seen Titanic. No, we are strong men and women of God who know that we have a door big enough who can hold everybody that's drowning right now. We can, you know, suicide right now is at an all time high. We are experiencing so much hopelessness. And what is the solution to that? 
I don't know that I have ever been this bold, but I'm going to tell you that you are the solution. You are the solution to somebody in your life feeling more hopeful, feeling connected to Jesus, even just for a moment, feeling more empowered that they can do whatever it is that God's putting in their heart to do. I don't know why, but we worry so much about becoming influential, don't we? We worry that we're going to go off course. We worry that we're going to, you know, make a mistake. We worry that God's going to rip it all away from us. We worry and we worry and we worry. And I'm wondering why we don't just learn to trust God to protect us. Why don't we learn to trust God to keep us, to hold us, to, to alert us? You know, Jesus was wildly influential and he did not become corrupted. So it's possible. It's possible to live a life of integrity, to live a life of no compromise, and to live a life of influence. Hiding our light out of fear is just as big of a problem as, you know, the things that might happen if you have more added to your life. Hiding your light because you are afraid of what might happen, what might come against you, is not the solution. It's not. You are strong enough to withstand whatever the Lord might bring uh, your way with the influence. And in God, you're strong enough to withstand whatever the enemy might come against you with. I know, like you might be thinking, okay, God will never give me more than I can handle. And I just need to tell you, that's a bunch of bull honky. The Lord loves to give you more than you can handle because dependence is his favorite word. It's his favorite word. He wants you to be, to have all your eggs in his basket. I'm not saying he brings tragedy and all that kind of stuff. You know, sometimes that does happen to us, but he will bring overwhelming circumstances so that we will have to be overwhelmed by him. He just does. That's how he is. I've been in over my head more times than I can count, but you know what? Every single time I found him being so faithful to me. So I'm going to tell you an interesting story. Uh, It's a little embarrassing. I think, I don't know, catch me in three months and I may be like preaching this from the rooftops. But um, a few months ago, it's been probably two months ago now, I was talking to the Lord, kind of going over, you know, end of the year goals. You guys know I'm a goal getter. I love to have things I'm working towards that I'm thinking about. So I was like, all right, God, you know, we've got, we're moving into fourth quarter almost, you know, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish in my, in my heart? Where am I growing? All this kind of stuff. And so I told the Lord, I'm asking him, and he says to me, I want you to read the book, The Prayer of Jabez. Now, I remember being a senior in high school and somebody gave me this book and I read a couple pages and I was like, oh, this feels kind of like, ooh, like why would I ask God to bless me? It felt a, lot, felt a little wrong, felt a little wrong. Uh, that's an understatement. And, uh, you know, because I was kind of in this mode of like, I need to take a vow of poverty, which I did, uh, which I don't recommend. Um, I was in this mode of, you know, I'm going to like I was a Jesus people person, like um, not the original Jesus people, like the the DC talk kind. I was a Jesus freak. Right. So I know how to how to be ready to be martyred. I know how to give my life to something. Um, and I'm sure some of you other 90s Christian kids are like that as well. And so the prayer of Jabez just it wasn't tracking with with the martyrdom life that I was envisioning myself to go live. And so here I am a couple months ago and the Lord says to me, I want you to look up the prayer of Jabez. And I didn't do it right then, but I was like, I need to buy this book. So a couple, I don't know, a week or two later, I started following this lady. I ended up going out to her event. If you followed me on social uh, in September, I was out in California at uh, this Live Out Loud experience, which was this crazy, incredible time I'll talk about in a second. But um But that person that was leading that event, her name's Brooke Thomas. And if you're looking for somebody to be encouraged by, go follow her at Live Out Loud Brooke. And um, anyway, she said, my husband and I are praying the prayer of Jabez every night right now. 
And I'm like, that's weird, right? I haven't thought about the prayer of Jabez in since I was probably like in high school. And now the Lord tells me to look it up. And then all of a sudden, here's this woman saying, we pray this every night. As if that wasn't strange enough, a two weeks later, I'm talking to my mom and she was at their Wednesday night church service. And she said, we had Pastor Chris Hodges at our church tonight. And she was like, oh my gosh, Rachel, you would love this message. Go look it up. He talked all about the prayer of Jabez. And I'm like, okay, now this is interesting, Lord. This is the third time the prayer of Jabez has snuck up out of nowhere. So I'm like, I'm listening, whatever. You guys, I just wanted to let you know. The Prayer of Jabez is on Audible, the book, and you can listen to it in less than two hours. Praise you, Jesus Christ on high. That was like the best gift to me. So I listened to the Prayer of Jabez book recently, and I was like really kind of frustrated with myself. I had to kind of pause and just not quite cry, but whatever's close and kind of think, I should have been reading this book since I was 18 years old when that person gave that to me. I'm like, wow, I've missed out on so much. But you know what the heart of the Prayer of Jabez book is about? It's not about blessing so that you can have more in your life. It's about, God, would you bless me? Because I know I'm here on the earth to bless other people. I know that. See, back months ago, my son and I were reading some stories in the Old Testament. We were reading the, the, the story of our faith from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, and then we ended up reading to Joseph. And I'm telling you, God was meeting us in, in these really incredible ways. We were having all these incredible insight coming from reading the Bible together, my, my 10-year-old son and I. And, uh, and there was something about Abraham, and I was telling him, you know, we have, I'm talking so fast, you guys. I'm going to slow it down. I'm just excited to get this info to you. Um, you know, our family is Jewish. My dad is from a, a hundreds of years of Jewish lineage. And so I was telling him, look, this is the story of our life. This is our faith and our heritage. And look at what God had promised to Abraham and look at how you are a fulfillment of that promise. And I'm a fulfillment of that promise. And isn't this amazing? And so are you, uh, those of you guys that are listening to this. And so I'm I'm having all of these moments converge to me with this prayer of Jabez thing where I'm realizing like on a very, very deep level, something that I've known for a very long time, but it's settling deeper into maybe part of my identity that we are here to be the vessel to bless those who don't quite know Jesus yet. And I don't know about you, but I love the idea of collateral blessing. I love the idea that I know that God will bless me. God is blessing me. He has blessed me and my husband and our business, let's just say. Our business is a picture of God's favor, and it's nothing that we've done for ourselves. We started our real estate brokerage almost five years ago to the time that this episode is airing. And in those five years, we've seen um, the craziest growth. We have grown from you know six or seven or eight agents to 350-some agents in multiple different cities in Oklahoma. And um, we have seen, you know, in those in four years' time, our brokerage had closed over a billion dollars of closed volume. That's that's an unbelievable amount of families that our brokerage has been able to help buy and sell their homes. This is incredible. Investors getting to have places to, to, you know, um, uh, sow their money to be able to, to increase wealth for themselves, families being able to do that. It's unbelievable what God is doing. And my husband and I have this belief that we have been blessed to be a blessing. And you know what? My belief is that we have a collateral blessing onto all of our agents, whether or not they know Jesus. We have agents who don't walk with the Lord. We have agents who are very anti-Jesus, and that's totally okay, real estate agents. And one of the amazing things about that is that they get to have a blessing by being at Chamberlain. 
without even being in the kingdom. And you might be like, well, that's wrong. And I'm telling you, that's what the word says. That's what the word says, that we are here to be blessed, to be, we are blessed to be a blessing. And so my prayer now is asking the Lord, bless me, God, give me every blessing that you can, because I believe that I'm here to influence other people positively for the kingdom of God. Now, this is where it gets dicey, right? Because I'm not saying, Lord, bless me so that I can drive a Rolls Royce or, you know, I mean, I, I might currently be praying, God, could you bless me someday to where I could have a personal chef? That's kind of like my my dream goal. Like somebody out there wants to cook for my family. I just have to believe it. And even as I'm saying it, it sounds so ridiculous, you guys. And I am being kind of cheeky right now. But here's the reality. I'm not asking God bless me so that I can have the nicest cars, the best jewelry, the best clothes, the best, you know, so I can prove to other people that I'm special. Heck no. You know what I'm, I'm praying? Lord, bless me with every dollar out there that's not assigned to somebody else because I intend to eradicate poverty in my area. I intend to raise up men and women of God, an army of God, of entrepreneurs and people who are, you know, know how to minister to the Lord and also advance the kingdom so we can solve some of the issues on the earth, the foster care system. Heck, the education, the public education system. You know that God is waiting to raise up current modern day Josephs who will have strategies to fix the world's problems. And it's not only just getting people saved. It is that, but it's beyond that too, right? Because we are redeeming the world to become the beautiful, joyous, exuberant, uh, you know, tantalizing bride of Christ. And she's not there yet. And it's going to take an incredible amount of money and influence to make that happen. I want to be clear right now. The blessing of the Lord is not always money. In fact, it's not often money. It's usually something other than money. So that don't hear me. Some of you guys are going, shoot, I should turn this off. She's getting corrupted. That's not my heart. But what I am saying to you is that we cannot be afraid of allowing God to raise us up to be influencers. We can't. We cannot be afraid. We cannot shrink back because there are people who are wondering how to make their life work. And you have the answer. You do. Are you ready to stop hiding your light? Like I know I am. I know I am. I know I'm in this place right now where I'm like, Lord, you have blessed me so much. And I don't want to just plateau here. You know, I want to figure out how to utilize these blessings in a way to to continue to increase. You know, for our brokerage, it's like I dream of a day where our brokerage can expand beyond where we are right now to even more real estate agents. Why? Because I believe that we are empowering them to create a business where God could bless their families for generations. That's what I believe. Our commission splits are really, I'm just like, you know, doing a sales pitch right now. If you're in real estate, call me. Um, but, you know, our commission splits are really generous. Most of our agents are on a, uh, they only pay 12% to our brokerage. Some of them only pay 7% to our brokerage. Why? Because we genuinely believe that it is their backs that are slaving away to build their business and they should be keeping more in their pocket. I know that's way more information than you probably wanted to know, but I want to encourage you your life is a light to the people around you. And it might feel small to you right now. It might feel like just a singular candle that's only lighting one room in your home. But let it light there and let God multiply you. Let him grow you. Be faithful with what's in your hand right now so that he can give you more. Why? Again, I'm going to just keep saying this over and over and over again. Because you are blessed to be a blessing to other people. You are the world needs us, guys. The world needs us because we know where the hope is. 
We know where the peace is. We know where the joy can be found. We know where the love is at and we're carrying it. I am in a season right now, I think because I'm so excited about this, I'm just paying attention to the people around me more than I have in a long time. I feel like reinvigorated in this to, to really step out and pray for people that I don't know, to really, you know, recognize that I might hold the encouragement that they need. You know, I don't see myself as exceptionally prophetic or barely prophetic at all, but I know that I'm an encourager. And I know that I don't have to give a prophetic encouragement. I can just give a simple encouragement and that can really change someone's day. What would it look like if the kingdom of God, if all the sons and daughters in the kingdom of God started owning their areas of influence, not for control, not for selfish gain, not to make a name for themselves or their brand, but to do it, to build the kingdom to build up, to edify those around them. What would it look like? Can we just dream about that for a second? I am committed. I'm a lifelong committed, you know, bond servant to Jesus. And I've been assigned by God to help him build his bride, right? I'm not the only one doing it. I'm just a small voice in a big pond. But I know that my voice has to matter somehow. (laughs) And yours does too. So if you've ever experienced being, you know, afraid of growing your influence or even not understanding why you would or, you know, any of the thoughts that come after that, I just want to challenge you. Don't be. Don't be anymore. And maybe, you know, maybe what you need to do is download the Prayer of Jabez book and start praying it with me. It's such a simple prayer. I think there's some better prayers in the Bible, if I'm going to be honest, but um, but it's got a proven track record, and that's what I've been praying. I committed to pray it every day for the rest of 2022, which will be about three months from when I started, and I'm really curious to see what all is going to come my way um, in terms of opportunities to bless people. And it's kind of fun, right? I love giving gifts. So to me, it's kind of the same thing. It's like I'm giving a gift of encouragement. So anyways, uh, man. I went on a real tangent today. I apologize for that. But I wanted you to kind of hear from my heart. I wanted you to hear this is in real time what the Lord is doing in my life. Um, He's really stirring me up to own this more, to step into this more, to not shrink back, to allow him to push me forward in this. And I'm excited and I don't want to go alone. I want you guys to go with me. So let's do this. Until next time, be blessed. You've just listened to another episode of The Art of Being You. My goal is to empower you to embrace the goodness of God over your life and step into that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And did I mention that I'd love to connect with you? Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Wartman and on TikTok at The Rachel Wartman. You can find more resources, including my books and other teachings at rachelwartman.com.